0: here I'll, I'll drop a little bit of knowledge that's good for people who want to know about this
1: hockey week hockey week hockey week hockey week, hockey week. Yeah. Hockey week. Hockey week. Yeah. welcome to our annual Blogathon preview for Grab Bag Sports. This is January 2013, and we are gearing up for Blogathon 2013. And we have another podcast for you. So, with me is Andy.
2: Uh,
0: hello, everybody.
1: And Alan.
0: Yo, word.
1: And uh, so here we are, another year, another podcast.
0: I think right. my favorite part about this is how every year we say we're going to podcast more, and then, no, we, then we just you guys are doing it one podcast.
1: No, you guys are doing it this year. Um, I will say this real quick: this uh, the song that I'll that is probably playing right now. Let's just say the Zambonis. Have you? Did you guys hear this story? Uh, I kind of adopted this song as like our podcast song, Hockey Week, and so the Zambonis. Did you hear the story about the guy? His guitar got smashed up at the uh, at the airport around Christmas. No. No. well, it was all in like it was the front page of Yahoo and stuff, and so the airline made him check his really expensive guitar. And, um, and they smashed it up, of course. And so he, they tried to offer him $1,000 like to shut him up, and you know, it was worth more than $1,000. So anyway, the, the airline, the air, whoever it was, they fixed it. They, they paid him enough. And then Gibson, I think, actually sent him another version of, of this special guitar. But it, so the guy, the name of the band was called the Levies, and they're a Hanukkah-themed band. And they write only Hanukkah songs, okay? And it turns out the guy is in the Zambonis, which is a hockey band. They only write hockey songs. So it's the same guy. But that was pretty cool. He was in the news, and uh, I had never heard anything about the Zambonis ever. I just found them online one time, and, and there it was on the front page of Yahoo. So, if you like Hockey Week, that's that's the guy.
2: <laughs> well, that song that song does rule. So,
1: it's pretty good. It works for our podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So,
1: 2013 Blogathon, we have the uh, Daytona 24, and uh, so Andy, what do you think? What can we expect?
2: Uh, I would say we can expect, and I'm sure we probably say this every single year, but a totally wide-open race. Um,
0: I I disagree. We haven't said that every year. There were a couple of years back where we were like, yeah, Ganassi won. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um,
2: Yeah, probably the last, yeah, okay, yeah, Alan's right. I'll take all that back that I just said. Uh, We probably go into this every year saying that Ganassi is going to win it. Um, But I'd say probably this year it's more wide-open than it's been for a couple of years. Um, so there's a uh, quite a bit bigger car count this year. Uh, there's probably three or four more Daytona prototypes than last year. If I'd have done more than 10 minutes of prep for this, I would have probably looked up car counts for last year. Um, but there's 17 in the race this year, uh, which includes six Corvettes. Uh, and the Corvettes were very fast last year. Um, not totally sure if it's, uh, they're a lower down force, lower drag car. So it's better for the high banks or what, um, uh, it's probably certainly more so than the than the Riley that Ganassi uses, um, but all those cars are probably threats to win this year. Um, and then uh, there are a couple of other uh, Riley cars. Of course, there's uh, Mike Shank. Uh, has brought to Riley Fords as he usually does. Um, and of course, one of those cars actually won last year, the 60 car. Uh, and they're bringing all of those drivers back this year, except for uh, Oz Negri actually hurt. Uh, and so they've replaced him for the, uh, for the race with Marcos Ambrose of uh, NASCAR and Aussie V8 supercar fame. Um, but that's uh, kind of the, the broad overview of the Daytona prototype class. Um, I don't know if you want to get into any more on that, Alan, you might. Well, I don't, yeah,
1: I don't know anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, then definitely give us your thoughts. I want to know your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, it's funny. So, why, so why is Ganassi? Why don't you think Ganassi is like the favorite? Because that's what I always say. Just because they do always seem to be up there.
2: I'd say they probably are the favorite, just because they seem to run the 24 hours better than everybody else does. And right. it's only when things go bad that
0: they don't win. Um, yeah, like, I think. What, I think the one thing you could say about Ganassi is. All the other teams, for the most part, are a lot of full-time Grand Am teams, and Daytona is just kind of another race. And that that goes for Ganassi, too, but he has, like, an entire staff of guys. They're all his IndyCar mechanics and all that, that he brings in to work on the cars just for Daytona. Like, he puts a lot more effort into just winning Daytona by itself.
2: Yeah, Yeah. thats I would say that's probably true also. Um, I mean, yeah, it's probably like a... You know, some huge percentage, like they put 30 40 percent more work into Daytona, and all the other teams probably, you know, a little bit more, just like Alan said, um, or you know, a little bit more than the regular hundred percent. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, probably the, other,
0: the other thing too is, I mean, a lot of people always say Ganassi, Ganassi, but I mean, Scott Pruitt and Memo Rojas have been his drivers for so long, and. They've been his drivers because they're good. I mean, they've won so many championships at this point. It, it's not everything to do with Ganassi. It really has to do with his drivers, too. I mean, those are two of the best drivers in the field.
2: Yeah, most most definitely true. Uh, and then, I mean, they also toss into that same car. Um, they've got Scott Dixon, uh, Charlie Kimball, and Juan Pablo Montoya in that same car, the 01. Um, so, you know, Dixon and Montoya both won this thing overall with Ganassi before Kimball. I don't think has ever run the 24 Hours before, but he's, I'd say, certainly capable. Um, if he's the slowest guy on your team, you're probably looking pretty good. Um, so that's, you know, a, a driver crew that'll maintain the st- the uh, level of Pruitt and Rojas for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even outside of uh, even outside of Grand Am, this is. Really interesting to see Ganassi put Kimball in that car this year because, you know, he's had that relationship for a while, and he didn't put Kimball in his car in the past, which was almost kind of a slight to Kimball. I mean, he had he had Graham Rahal in their stead, so now that they don't have Graham, he's using Kimball. But, I mean, this is a huge opportunity for Charlie Kimball, and a lot of people might not even realize that, but he can really prove his worth to Ganassi because people forget. I mean, Dario Franchitti is a couple years away from retirement and Ganassi's going to be looking for a replacement soon enough, and we all thought that was Graham Rahal, but Rahal left the team, and everybody's always thought that Kimball was just kind of, you know, bringing along sponsorship, so, you know, Ganassi was putting him in a car. I think this is kind of one of those ways that Kimball can prove to Ganassi his worth. I mean, if he could do well in Daytona, he might start thinking, okay, yeah, maybe this kid's really good, you know, in addition to his IndyCar results.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think people could see him as a much more well-rounded driver, um, I mean, I, I actually rate him pretty highly. I thought he had a sneaky good season last year in IndyCar. Um, I mean, it helped that I was watching him very closely because he was on my Arful team. Um, but, yeah, he had a pretty good season. He finished just behind Rahal in points. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say he's uh, the weakest maybe of the five drivers, but probably stronger than, uh, you know, all four or five of the drivers
0: on a lot of other teams. So, now is he is he doing all five? Because he all, like looking at the entry list, I see Scott Pruitt and Scott Dixon are both also listed on the number two. That can't be right. I have to imagine Pruitt's on the number one only, not also in the number two, and I have to imagine Dixon's only in one of those two cars.
2: Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, You're, uh, that rings a bell. I think Dixon is probably. I think his main car is probably the O2. Pruitt's main car is the O1. Yeah, um, probably just like a, one of those emergency use only, you know, rate class in case of right you know, food poisoning or something. If one of those guys has a bad bad bowl pasta overnight or something, so yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the uh, team Celine where the the Nonaker family almost lists out the entire family on both cars, so <laughs> they can they can run in any of them if they want to.
1: Yeah. How's my flying lizard? They were pretty disappointing last year.
2: (laughs) You're going to be even more disappointed this year. (laughs) Uh, Because they are not entered for this year.
1: Oh, well. That's for the best. Yeah. It was pretty weak. It was pretty weak last year. Yeah, I I, predicted a win.
0: It's important to note, though, that part of the reason they're not entered, though, is because everybody's kind of having their one last year. Um, in American Le Mans and Grand Am, and that's kind of the big story this year. Is that this is the swan song for Grand Am owning this race? I mean, next year those two series are combining into one series, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens to the field. But this is also kind of like that one last year for everybody to run separately.
1: Gotcha. So could they be back next year?
0: Uh, they'll definitely be back next year if they stay in okay. sports cars. Gotcha. Yeah, they, they've they actually dropped back, and this
2: is kind of totally tangential because they're an American Le Mans series, um, but they've actually dropped their GT uh, class car, their uh, 911 that they run in uh, GT class, and they've dropped back to the GT Challenge class, which is a uh, more of a street stock almost type uh, class. Um, the reason for that is because Porsche withdrew their factory backing for the GT-class cars this year because they're uh, developing a brand-new version of the GT Porsche 911 for next year um, for the next set of rules that are coming around. So everybody that's that's running a GT-class Porsche is doing it basically on their own dime with no assistance from Porsche. So they've uh, – I mean, kind of harsh to say, but they've taken a couple of guys that are – more of the ride-buyer type guys. They're still pretty quick guys as far as ride buyers go, but the, the GTC class is more of a uh, you know rich guys kind of class anyway. So that's how they're they're getting along through this year to get to next year when I'm sure they'll be back in GT in a big way as you know top Porsche or one of the top couple Porsche teams.
1: All right. Anything else to note about the race?
0: Um, I mean, one thing I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this year, um, there's a lot of teams that have split up from previous years um, or made additional teams. Probably the most notable is Starworks Motorsport has split into three pieces. Um, they were just one car last year, and occasionally they would add the second. Um, and this year, um, uh, Enzo Potilicio has split into his own car, and Alex Papawa went to his own car. Um, so they've kind of made their own teams. Um, Papao has basically gotten all the the really good drivers out of the deal. He's gotten um, he's gotten Sebastian Bourdais and Alan McNish. I don't know if you can really go any worse than that. Whereas Enzo has basically gotten Pedro Lamy, uh, Anthony Davidson, who are you know no slouches on their own. But it's it will be interesting to kind of see what happens there and on the same side. Um, you got like a full effort really from Action Express that's completely different from anything we've seen from them. Um, Both cars have one of the Frizzell brothers. Uh, They'll be racing against each other in two different cars now. Um, And then kind of the full-time return of Christian Fittipaldi in one of their cars um, and while Bobosa is going to be in the other. And it'll be interesting to kind of see those two teams, you know, because – they're all names that we've seen before, you know, but it's almost like we've just kind of shuffled everybody around and put them in new cars.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be that's a, a good point. Just kind of watching that as sort of a, a you know sub battle in amongst the DPS is watching that Starworks versus eight star battle, because um, Starworks does have the two cars. Uh, the number two car, I mean, that's a ridiculous driver line up there with Bordé. McNish, and Ryan Dial, who won a million different races last year for Starworks. Uh, and then Papa is their fourth guy. Um, so that car is going to be very quick. The, that that eight-star car is also going to be very good. You know, there's the, the guys that you mentioned, Davidson and Lamy, and then the other guys that are listed for that car, Nick Manassian and Stefan Sarazan. Um, and all four of those guys are former Peugeot uh, factory drivers uh, for Le and the— uh, what was it, the European Le Mans series, what what eventually became the World Endurance Championship, what it is now. Um, so that is a, another ridiculously stacked driver lineup. Um, I mean, I guess if I'm picking cars, you got to go with that number two. Uh, and teams, I mean, Star Wars has proven. They won, like I said, a million different races last year between Grand Am and uh, World Endurance Championship last year. Uh, I don't remember if they won any races mean. P2 class races in uh, uh, ALMS, but um, th- that's obviously a very proven team, whereas 8 star isn't necessarily. Um, yeah, so I mean, be interesting.
0: I mean, Star Wars, it's, it's interesting to watch those Star Wars guys because we've seen, I mean, you'll hear motorsports guys always talk about ride buyers, you know, guys who are coming in with a lot of money. And let, let's make no bones about it. Um, you know, the two guys behind Star Wars are basically, you know, just like EJ Viso and IndyCar, they've basically got the bankroll of the Venezuelan government um but it's interesting with starworks because it's really the first time we've seen a ride buyer come in with a ton of money and do well i mean these these aren't just guys with bankrolls they're good drivers too um you know uh in in le mans you know david Heinmeiner Hansen's another good example of that it's it's there's a difference between you know guys who come in with a lot of money and then they put a bunch of other drivers in their car you know when when Enzo or when Alex Pow is driving the car you're not expecting it to just drop a lot of places i mean obviously you know with people like Dial McNish Borday Lamy all those guys in the car obviously they they're at the end of that totem pole but they're they're not bad drivers so it's interesting to see that come in whereas um there there's an even more interesting entry on this list um For the car I'd like to watch, just because for entertainment value, I'd love to see the Starworks Motorsport car that seems to be on the entry list with only two drivers at the moment, with Ivan Belarosa and Scott Mayer. And uh, for those who are not familiar much with Scott Mayer, he he may be the nicest guy in the world, and and he means a lot, but this is a guy who tested an Indy car at Indianapolis, and even at some races decided that they were too fast and scary, so he pulled off the track. And he consistently he consistently shows up in these Grand Am races recently uh, in the past two years where he'll have these really good drivers in his car they'll do good places he'll jump in and I kid you not the entire field will lap him after three
1: <laughs> he's <laughs> just taking it easy dude he just
0: I mean I mean it, 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 he doesn't want to wreck right right I mean and I understand you know I understand that there's a lot of rod buyers I mean let's make no bones about it Motors- <laughs> motorsports is a really really expensive sport so a lot of these guys are just buying their way into the sport because frankly it takes a lot of money but you know why would you be buying your way into the sport like this or constantly getting back into a car when you're making no improvements or being any more competitive or the fact that you're scared of it you know it's a scary sport he's just like yeah. he's just like whoa guys what's the
1: rush take it easy <laughs>
0: That's right. It's so I, I will be watching intently when he jumps in that car to see what happens. Let me. Yeah,
1: no, I'm, me too. That's a good point. He's just like, we're all going to be at the same after party, guys. We'll all be there. The buffet. The buffet is the same for everybody. That's right. <laughs> Slow down. 24,
2: 24 hours ends for everybody at the same time. Exactly. That's it.
1: <laughs> all right. Any other uh, race pointers, notes?
2: Um, Well, I guess if you want to indulge the race coverage here, there's the other two classes here. Um, Also, there's GT class, which is, I think GT is going to be fascinating this year. Um, I vaguely remember saying this last year, too. Um, But there's 36 cars entered in GT, uh, and there are fully eight different uh, types of cars that are entered this year, too. There's seven Ferrari 458s. There's 18 Porsche 911s. (laughs) Yeah, 18 of them, so fully half of the GT-class is Porsches. Uh, there's five Audi R8s. There's two BMW M3s, uh, that we've, the same ones that we've seen in years past from Turner Motorsports. Uh, then there's one Corvette, one Camaro, uh, one Dodge Viper, uh, and then how we used to see a fleet of Mazda RX-8s. Uh, those are all basically gone. There's only one of them this year. Now, um, that's, due to, that's due to Mazda
0: saying they're not going to support them anymore, right?
2: That is correct. Yeah, uh, Mazda is now supporting. There's the third class now, which is the GTX class, um, which is supposed to be for. From what I understand, what they announced for it was the, or uh, excuse me, GX class is what that's called, um, and it's supposed to be for uh, like emerging technologies or alternate different types of engines. And so Mazda is part of the marketing for their new Mazda 6 that's just come out. Uh, they have a diesel engine that they're uh, pushing in that car, um, you know, as kind of new technology. Another shot at diesel since <laughs> uh, 1980s, you know, smoking diesel, you know, awful cars are a long ways in the past, so they've cleaned up a long ways. Uh, so Mazda's got three cars in the GX class, uh, including in the uh, the speed source car, the cars that we've used to see in the RX-8s, uh, they're running one car in the GX class, the new Mazda 6. Uh, The other three that are in the GX class are Porsche Caymans, um, which I'm not totally sure what the story is with those, because, I mean, there's nothing really all that different about the Porsche Caymans. You know, it's not necessarily new technology or anything. It's just... I guess they have to have some something to com, uh, to compete with the Mazdas in that class, and there's no other, you know, there's no hydrogen-powered cars or, you know, natural gas-powered cars or whatever. So I guess they threw that class a bone with the Caymans. Um,
0: yeah. One thing I'm really disappointed for, I think this is the first time in quite some time we haven't had that single Ford Mustang from Black Forest Racing that always ends up getting parked on the side of the course. Yeah.
2: That is true. That's a disappointment.
0: Uh, what that's, is, you know, I've always wondered too. What is the reason we have both a Camaro and a Corvette? Why Why do we not have a single GM entry?
2: That's a pretty good question. I mean, my my take on that is that, I mean, Marsh Racing is the Corvette team. That's uh, um, Eric Curran and Boris Set are their main main drivers that do the full season. Um, and then they've also got a couple of other guys, Lawson Aschenbach and uh, Brandon Davis in that car, which Brandon Davis is one of the guys who used to drive those Mustangs. Um, but Ashenbach is also another GM. I don't know if he's a GM factory guy anymore, but he has been in the past. Um, but I think that car is basically just funded on its own. I don't think they necessarily get any backing from GM, um, which is why they've continued with that Corvette because um, most of the Corvette money has gone to the, the Daytona prototype cars, because uh, there's sick Corvettes in that class. Yeah. Uh, and then all the Camaro teams, I mean, they've, I guess, I don't know if they've all shut down or what the story is, because that one Camaro car is the Stevenson car, um, which has got, I mean, there's Cor- or factory GM guys driving that car. John Edwards, Robin Waddell, Jan Magnussen, and Tom Milner, all four of those guys are you know, factory drivers. Yeah, I mean but, that's
0: your championship
2: contenders this year. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you say though, that's the only corp- that's the only Camaro. Um, so it's it's pretty crazy that GM is, uh, I mean, crazy just interesting crazy, not crazy like I don't understand what they're doing crazy. Um, but yeah, the GMs just uh, sent all of their money to other classes, I guess. Um, pretty interesting since they've uh, been very very strong and. Nearly dominated this class for years, not necessarily at Daytona, but in the championship. So, that, uh, as far as the rest of the battles though, there's some. Uh, it should be really interesting. There's some really strong Ferrari teams. Um, and amongst those seven cars, there's uh, some Ferrari factory drivers. Giancarlo Fisichella, uh, ex Formula One guy, um, is running this. Uh, I'm looking for his uh, the Scuderia Corsa uh, teams. Uh, actually, uh, he's not running for them. Rafa Matos is running for them though. Um, and there's a couple of cars that are in the uh, AIM, uh, AIM Autosport or AIM Motorsport team uh, that they basically rolled to the championship last year. The Ferrari 458 was clearly the fastest car in, in Grand Am GT. Uh, and this year, ah, there he is. Giancarlo Fisichella is running in the 61 car uh, with Jeff Siegel, who is one of the championship guys. Uh, Tony Bielander, who is another one of the Ferrari factory guys who runs in the World Endurance Championship. Uh, And then uh, Max Pappas, who Daytona 24 fans may remember from ways back uh, where he was driving a Ferrari and got the uh, name Mad Max uh, from the 96 race when he was doing like 150 miles an hour down pit lane (laughs) in the (laughs) the waning hours of the race trying to catch up, uh, getting the last splash of gas and almost won that race. Um, so that should be pretty interesting. The other interesting part, I mean, yeah, there's a million Porsches in this race, and you know, by all accounts, if the faster cars fail, uh, as they tend to do at Daytona, Porsche is probably going to win. Um, but there are uh, the five Audis uh, in this. Uh, I think there were a couple of Audis in the race last year, but they seemed like they were kind of customer cars. You know, people just bought these R8s from Audi. Uh, and converted them into Grand Am spec, and then just raced them. And they weren't all that uh, successful. They certainly weren't very fast. But this year, the couple of teams actually have uh, a bunch of Audi factory drivers uh, from the German touring car series, uh, including one of them. The number 24 car has got uh, Eduardo Mart- Mortara, Olivier Jarvis, or excuse me, Oliver, Oliver Jarvis, uh, and Felipe Albuquerque. Uh, all three of those guys race DTM for Audi. So, I mean, Audi's not screwing around this year either. It seems like they really want to win. Um,
0: so I think GT is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, it'll be really nice. I mean, let's be honest. Those Audis are easily the best-looking cars in the whole class. <laughs> I mean, it'll be nice to see them actually do well.
2: Yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to yeah see them up there battling in the top five instead of just cruising around, you know. 12th, 13th, 14th in class as a best-case scenario like they were most of the last year. So, yeah, it should be, should be pretty Perfect cool to see them up there.
0: So what's your guys' guess? What do you think? Uh, how long until we get the first yellow flag?
1: Oh, man. Uh, first hour. It's so many cars. How many cars total is it? Uh, I think we got 59. I mean, it's just so many cars. They crash a lot early, don't they? I mean... Kind of how I see. it. I
0: mean, two two years ago they set the record, but that was also due to fog. Uh, they had fog that kept creating a lot of uh, yellow flags. Right. I believe last year we didn't have the first yellow flag for four hours or something like that. But then we had a bunch when we started having. Right.
1: Them. Yeah. Uh, first hour or two, I think. Um, that's, that's my guess.
0: I'm thinking. I'm thinking in the second hour, maybe. Um.
1: So is this race like for you guys? Is this closer to like uh, spring training as a baseball fan or opening day?
0: Like what is this for you guys? This feels like opening day for me. I mean, I've, yeah, that's actually why we started blogathon because you know we right. this. You know, the racing season begins today, yeah. and I know there's a lot of people who you know always mention, oh well, Supercross actually started last week, and you know those kinds of things. And i I'm, I'm not denying that Supercross hasn't started or that any other series hasn't started. The reason is because of that all-star format about this. Like if you're a NASCAR fan, if you're an IndyCar fan, Grand Am, Le Mans, you know, WEC, any of those, chances are you have a driver that's in this race. So that's why we've always kind of considered it the beginning of the season because your right. your driver from your series is likely in this race. Someone representing your series is in this race. So it's like this is the beginning of racing season, you know, and it's all right. at the same time every year.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because for me it's almost kind of like a hybrid between spring training and opening day and like almost like All-Star Weekend or something.
1: Yeah, that's what it feels like. Right? Yeah,
2: it's a very kind of a one-off sort of uh, event for me. I mean, it is round one for Grand Am, um, so it is opening day as far as that goes. But, you know, for a lot of the IndyCar guys and uh, guys who aren't running a series full-time, you know, That's just a one-off race that they're trying to win a really expensive watch at the end. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of the spring training slash all-star weekend thing. So, I don't know. I kind of have a mixture of thoughts about it.
1: All right. So uh, anything else? Or do you guys want to just talk about the uh, other stuff going on during Blogathon?
2: I mean, I can fill another
0: two hours probably. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I the race. It's in here. I completely missed over this. There's a a car in the field that is basically Team Brazil. It's Rubens Barrichello, Felipe Giaffoni, Tony Canaan, Riccardo Mauricio. Like, I did not notice that cup afar. Actually, it is. Cup Challenge Brazil. I'll be interested to see that car.
2: Yeah, that's a a two-car team is that Diener Motorsports. Um, So, yeah, all those guys are in um, that one car. And then there's, I'm guessing, I don't know who a bunch of those other guys are, but there's like five guys listed for the other car, and I imagine they're all Brazilian too. So, yeah, you can only imagine there's like some Carnival, you know,
0: craziness going on in their pit. Yeah, I mean, one thing that will be interesting too is a lot of these guys um – for some of these guys, I mean, this might be the only time that American motorsports fans are going to see them. I mean, you know, Rubens Barrichello, Rafael Matos, a lot of these guys have gone to racing in Brazilian stock car and other leagues. Where, for all intent and purpose, unless you're going to find illegal feeds on the internet, you're not going to see these guys anymore this year. So it'll be good to get that one shot to see them again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for guys like Alan McNish, and um, I don't know if he's going to. Uh, i guess audi is going to race sebring this year but uh um yeah it's very cool to be able to see these all these guys all in one spot so what will the future bring from nintendo more hits like the legend of zelda sports hits like ice hockey Nintendo has the most video game hits, like Hogan's Alley and Donkey Kong Classics, and more like Excitebike and RC Pro-Am, and you can play them only on the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: Now you're playing with power. So, speaking of relocating, uh, the Sacramento Kings are moving to Seattle, as of today, it looks like. Yeah, that's right here. That's official? <laughs> it, it apparently seems official. The Maloofs have agreed. It, it is... An official article saying they agree. It's no more denials. My question is, what are your guys' thoughts on? I don't even care about the teams moving. Let, I mean, let's all agree. Teams are going to move till the end of time. What are your thoughts on the names of the teams and the colors of the teams as they move? Because, you know, uh, one thing that's close to both mine and Mike, uh, you know, is the New Orleans Hornets, who really, let's be honest, should be the New Orleans Jazz, but Utah won't give the name up. Um, and they're now this year starting to put a few names out there that they're going to switch their name possibly to the Pelicans it looks like. Uh, yeah. There's like five there's like five different names being circulated around but I'm pretty sure the other four are all just distractions for the Pelicans because <laughs> there, there's history with the name the New Orleans Pelicans it used to be a baseball a minor league baseball team there. And then they're finally going to give the Hornets back to Charlotte who frankly it always seemed weird to see them as the Bobcats. I'm so just curious what are your guys thoughts on you know the whole different names and color schemes and seeing those all switch around. Well, it's like at the time, you can see why uh, the Jazz
1: had to kind of had to stay. They had a uh, Maravich, and you know, you sort of when you buy that team, you have a, a big investment, obviously. And so, if you buy a team and you have Pete Maravich, and you need to market your team to make you to start to make your money back, it's sort of like, look, we've got Maravich and he's in a Jazz jersey. Like, you know, there's only so much you want to change. I think right away. Um, So, so you know, in hindsight, we can look back and say, you know, that's ridiculous that they have that name, but you could see why, reasons why a business owner would want to keep at least part of the name, you know, not the city, but the name. Um, Now, as for New Orleans, like for instance, taking the Pelicans, uh, I was in a group with uh, like some sports writers, and and everyone in this group was just they couldn't believe that there would be a major league sports team called the Pelicans, and I tried to explain to them that. That really is going to go over well in the city of New Orleans, and they just didn't get it. They didn't believe me. They didn't buy it. And to me, it it points to Tom Benson being just a really good owner for the people. And, I mean, we've already known this, but this is what I told them is, is like, you just don't get it. It's like Tom Benson knows what he's doing. He knows how to make the people of New Orleans feel like they have a voice because it is a big deal. If you're listening to this podcast, like Alan said, that was not just any minor league baseball team. That was – Basically, all we had until the Saints, you know, that was the only sport that was that was relevant was baseball up until the Saints appeared in 1967. And um, if you go look back at the history, you know, for years and years, that was the only uh, sport that they had was a baseball team, the Pelicans. And so our grandparents, for instance, would just talk about it nonstop. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that I agree that the name should be localized, but I could see again why a business owner would want to keep his name that he bought. Right.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I can totally see that. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I see I see both sides of the coin here. I mean, uh, as far as the Kings moving to Seattle go, I mean, uh, I mean I'm, I'm biased toward the Supersonics. Name. I was a Supersonics fan back in the early 90s because I was a big Sean Kemp fan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can see it's-
0: that either way. Is it, that's the thing. I, I have to imagine they're going to end up being the Supersonics in time, but isn't the NBA the league that has the rule that says if a team moves, it has to retain its name for two years or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Is that true? I, I was almost certain that that's why New Orleans kept the Hornets. Yeah. I uh, I know
1: that uh, some friends I know in Seattle are talking about it being the uh, the Supersonics, but uh, but maybe they're I don't know. I don't know if there's a rule like that or not. It would make sense if there was.
0: Um but, but then again, Oklahoma changed their name the moment they had them, you know. So maybe that's
1: true. Maybe that's
0: not, yeah. maybe it's not a rule anymore. Or maybe I'm just wrong there.
1: But I also know that my friends—it's sort of bittersweet that they're happy to have a team again, but it's like they feel so ripped off that their team left and won a championship, and now they get like another team that's not because the, they've all been supporting the, yeah. uh, the Thunder. Oh yeah, you know it's sort, of, sort of their misfits that left or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're yeah
0: it's like it's you know it's like being a Cleveland Browns fan and watching the Ravens go to their second Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> right, exactly, and uh, and, it, and it was really quick that they left and they won, and so uh, so now it's like they've been supporting this team, and now they wake up today and they kind of have a team again. So, but it's not these guys that they've been supporting. So, it's probably it's pretty weird, it's pretty awkward, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think Sacramento necessarily needed a team if you look at all the teams in California already. Right. Um, I think it's good to get a team back in Seattle.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only thing for me about the whole colors and names thing is I just, I feel like there are some names that just, they. I think the names should stay with the cities, especially when they're very specific. Jazz seems so obvious. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Utah is so known for its jazz. Yeah, you know, well, that's where <laughs> I mean, that's world-renowned. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's so funny because <laughs> uh, Kelly uh, went to college in Utah, and she's always like, she's like, Utah has a jazz festival? And I'm like, I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they do. You know, the the Lakers. I mean, that name couldn't seem more ridiculous. I mean, to kids growing up these days, they probably don't even – they're probably just Lakers. They probably don't even think about why the team is named Lakers, you know?
1: Right, right, exactly.
0: But it's like that name seems so absurd, you know?
1: Yeah, but to us, it's just uh, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul. And and with the Jazz, it's just Karl Malone and and John Stockton. And and to think of them sitting in a uniform that's in Utah, anything else – it would be weird to right. us, you know. It's like I mean, you, that jazz uniform.
0: Right. I mean, could you imagine though? It'd be like the Texans moving to a different state <laughs> <laughs> Keeping <That's awesome>. it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean are there any lakes anywhere near that team? Uh so. ah, there could be, I don't know. We can make a lake.
1: Uh, like a <laughs> I can make a lake. <laughs> um all right, so so blogathon. The week the, the Saturday and Sunday blogathon. I uh, put the schedule up on GrabBackSports.com. I guess it would have been nice if I said our website earlier in the podcast. but um, <laughs> You know, last year, I listened to last year's podcast, and I mentioned that our, our views were in the, I mean, our listens, our plays were in the single digits from 2011. Well, last year, we got over 30 plays for this podcast. So, <laughs> guys, we're moving up. We're moving yeah. up. So so people are listening. So get the, get this together. Let's get this right. Let's produce a, a quality uh, podcaster, okay? And
2: going off of that trend, we're probably looking at 150 this year. You know, and <laughs> if we're going to multiply by like five or six, you know, that's right, it exactly. Be in the upper upper 100s.
1: Um, well, your podcast that you and Alan do, starting like later <laughs> next month, is right. going to be
2: awesome. So uh, that that is going to be epic.
1: And I'm gonna I'm gonna do a segment. And it'll be like the non-racing segment, and I'll just record like for that episode like one thing, you know, and and I'll send it to you guys, and you can mix it in. You
0: know? See, what I always thought would be good is if we had an actual racing conversation, but like you kept trying to be a part of it, <laughs> like <laughs> you kept trying to have something to say.
1: <laughs> All right, we could we could try that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we did uh, we did the fantasy football podcast weekly for like what twenty weeks in a row or something.
2: Yeah, and it was awesome.
1: Oh, man, but it was that was rough. Weekly.
2: Yeah, weekly. Yeah, I can only imagine that was rough to, <laughs> to report.
1: Especially, you know, with three people. If it had just been two of us, it would have been a little easier. Um, but then, uh, you know, Andy listened to it. I, I think Alan listened too, but uh, it it got hard to get all three of us together, and pretty soon it just, like, whoever I could do it with, you know. So, uh, all right, so what else do we have going on during Blogathon? We have the Tennis Again, Australian Open, uh, my boy Djokovic is still alive. Yeah. As are uh, Federer and who else? Are Murray still alive?
0: Yeah, they're still alive. Nadal, Nadal did not enter this year for injury. Right. Uh, Venus Williams got knocked out last night. Uh, obviously, for Blogathon, we're going to be watching the men's championship, like we always do. Yeah, the women's will be on, but it's delayed. Yeah, it's just the tape delayed. They always do have yeah. it.
1: Uh, so the tennis is there. We have lots of college basketball. Um, we're doing Mario Kart again. And then I might have to run it. So what we're going to do is we'll put that cover live, like the text box up there. And, uh, you know, whoever needs my friend code or whatever, I can do that. Um, Again, I have the schedule on the website. And we have Mario Kart scheduled to start at 11 o'clock Eastern. They're actually letting the race go to 11 o'clock this year on speed. Oh,
0: wow. Nice. Yeah. And this is is also the last year that this is going to be speed. Uh, They made the official announcement that speed is going to become Fox Sports 1. And uh, Fuel TV is going to become Fox Sports 2. So the, I, I'd hate to say it, but I don't know if we're going to get this much coverage next year if it becomes an entire sports channel. I mean, who knows? I don't think I get Fuel. Uh, I, I get know. I get Fuel, but only in standard definition. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Fuel is made most namely because right now it's kind of like the UFC channel. When Fox when Fox won the contract for UFC, they they basically made Fuel their go to UFC channel. It's where they do like their pre fight and post fight shows, and like they show old fights and all that kind of stuff. Right
1: now, you do have a UFC fight on Fox again during yeah.
0: the Yes, this is. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a pretty good bit into UFC these days, and um you're actually going to get to see uh fox is putting i think five on tv every year so there's five times a year that you get to watch completely free uh the entire cards where um all of the prelims are going to be on fx and then the main card is going to be on um on fox and in this particular one it's not just a bunch of fights there's also going to be the flyweight championship uh is going to be the main fight between demetrius mighty mouse johnson and john dodson and uh If you've never seen uh, fighting before and you ever really want to get into it and kind of see action, flyweights are the guys you want to watch. It is the lightest category of them all at 125 pounds. Wow. Let me repeat that, 125 pounds. (laughs) I can't tell you when the last time I was 125 pounds was. I was probably in like seventh grade or something. Yeah, I
2: remember hanging just north of that for seventh grade football.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, these guys literally fly around the cage, and, and the guy who's the current champion, Demetri- Demetrius Johnson, his only losses were before they had a 125 category. He was fighting at 135, and his losses were to basically the current champions. Uh, gotcha. Then they made this new 125 division, and now he he won the championship uh, late last year, and he's been the champ. This is his uh first official defense of this title since because they had they had a tournament to decide who would be the champion of the new division um another good fight on that card um is uh donald cerrone versus anthony pattis um if you've ever seen any highlights almost everybody knows anthony pattis for his what they call the showtime kick Uh, if you look at you look up at his name on youtube it'll be the first you know 100 results there was this when he was fighting uh, Ben Henderson for the championship, he actually went to go kick him, missed him, went towards the fence, walked off of the fence, and then kicked Henderson. And you know, it was like it was almost like out of the Matrix, and everybody calls it the Showtime <laughs> kick. It was it was just a really cool kick to watch him, you know, miss a kick but then go off of the fence, jump off the fence, and make the kick. But uh, basically, the winner of that fight is going to get the next shot at Ben Henderson for the championship. So. Um, it's going to be a really interesting set of fights. There, there is no shortage, and I'm really surprised because you know, usually the UFC saves their best stuff for pay per view, you know, because they want to make right. as much money as they can. But they've really committed to this Fox deal, and nobody really knew it was going to happen. But I mean, I'm looking down this card, and it is just loaded with stuff I want to see. Uh, there's a guy, you know, the, the co-headline is. Uh, Rampage Jackson versus Glover Tashira. For for Rampage, it's supposed to be his last fight in the UFC because he's angry at the UFC and he wants to leave. But uh, Glover Tashira is a guy who's been demolishing everybody right now, and everybody thinks that he's going to be the next guy to come up and really challenge uh, Johnny Bowens Jones. I mean, right now at this point, I think Tashira's got like an 18-fight win streak going or something close to it. Um, You know, and his big deal was actually trying to get a visa so he could come to the U.S. and fight for the longest time. He was having an issue with that. Um, but there's, there's tons of stuff like that. There's also – there is uh, an ex-former uh, LSU football player on the card, uh, Sean Jordan, uh, who is trying <laughs> to make his way as a fighter now. Um, wow. He's, he's come in and he he's really not, that, not done that bad. He's 13-4. Uh, he did lose his last fight, so he's trying to rebound off of that. But, yeah. Uh, he is not a small guy. he is 245 pounds and after his last victory he did a backflip by himself He is not he is not a bulky like he's not like your traditional bulky guy you know right He's definitely but I mean there's all kinds of good stuff on this and this is a, this is a stretch for the UFC where they're gonna have three fights in three weekends in a row we just had a fight this last weekend. Uh, there's gonna be this one on Fox and then there's gonna be another championship fight the weekend after but I mean for for people who you know I mean I know UFC is one of those things where there are a lot of people who just dislike fighting and they just don't want to watch it um, you know I'll be honest I really didn't watch fighting at all until my younger brother did wrestling and I really started to appreciate kind of grappling you know um, right right and that's what people forget about the UFC is that it's not boxing it's not just two dudes trying to knock each other out, there's a whole other element to it where you're wrestling or you're doing jiu-jitsu and trying to get submissions and do arm locks and all these other things. And and that's kind of where I got an appreciation for it, you know, and that's where I really kind of started to get into it. But if you want a chance to get into it, there is no shortage of good fights that you're going to see on this card. So I'd recommend that if anybody's even slightly interested in it, just turn it on and just give it a watch, you know. I mean, why not? It's free. It's on Fox. It's on FX. It's, right. You couldn't watch it.
1: Well, you got uh, also we have the winter X games we have the uh, there's a high school basketball game on if you like that um, so yeah so I mean all, all during Saturday evening there's lots of stuff including that UFC the race on speed uh, so then we'll get into Mario Kart at 11 o'clock when the speed coverage ends uh, now you can go online and watch the race right are they doing that again
0: yep yeah they're gonna be doing okay. it overnight again uh, to the disappointment of a few people they've switched to the who we're gonna be listening to overnight um, I know a lot of guys were and I'm a fan of uh, you know, the, the folks that were using last year. Um, but be that it was made, you're definitely going to get your online coverage this year, so that's good stuff.
1: Okay. And then uh, now at 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to do another screening of a movie. If you missed last year with the Driven, it was pure gold. It was awesome.
2: I've been, uh, I've been <laughs> hating myself for 12 full months for not just sticking it out and staying up and watching Driven. You <laughs> missed it, man. So this year we're
1: doing Kart Racer 2003 starring Randy Quaid. And uh, the kid... It's funny. The kid, I guess he's the main kid in this movie who races the cart, said cart.
2: He's, and, uh, he's the kid he dude. Yeah, yeah the Cart dude of carts.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> he, uh, he was in, right after this, he went on to be the kid in the Listen Up uh, sitcom, which was based on Tony Kornheiser, right? And it was uh, George from Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. So this is the kid from that show. That's all I know about him. I don't That's know a what is, his fun career. Well, he might have been in other stuff. I don't know. I'm sure there's like some CSI and Law and Order stuff in there. I don't know. I, don't
0: know. I just I feel like I'm gonna be watching this movie the whole time, and I'm just gonna be waiting for them to just go. Shitter's full. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's full. Yes. Um, anyway, that'll lead us right. That's at 1 a.m. and all these times are Eastern. That'll lead us right to the Australian Open men's finals at 3 a.m. Um, and then the race coverage returns at 9 a.m. and and it's pretty uh bear on sunday as far as like sports stuff goes uh it's just the race really up until one o'clock when you get some nba uh indiana uh they're they're ranked number two they'll play on sunday and then some more golf and x games and stuff so um but saturday evening is pretty packed and then sunday morning is going to be just the race i'll probably take a nap (laughs) (laughs) uh lots of college basketball if you're into that like i said number two indiana you get to watch number four kansas uh number seven arizona uh, lots of top 25 action. Louisville, unfortunately, plays before we start, but so that'll be at like noon or something at- like that.
0: I have to wonder if our alma mater is going to start showing up. I mean, they had a good start. They lost to Arizona, who at the time was number eight, Um uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't a blowout. It was a close game, and, uh, then they went on a stretch where they lost that, then they lost to Wichita State, but now they're on, looks like, eight wins in a row, so...
1: Yeah, this is USM he's talking about, and, uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, some of those wins were, like, William Carey, Dillard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, but, they beat Dillard 135 to 41.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what they didn't tell you is Dillard is just the guy's last name. It's actually just one guy. <laughs> right. They played Jason <laughs> Dillard. That guy's
1: <laughs> awesome. He scored 41. Pac-Man cereal's got a new surprise. When you look inside, it's shocking. Shocking pink, it's new Miss Pac-Man Marshmallow. She's got a shocking pink bow. Oh, just one taste, you'll be tickled pink with crispy corn puffs all gone in a blink. Uh Mm -hmm. Gone in a blink. Love Miss Pac-Man Marshmallow. She's got a
0: shocking pink bow. Oh, Miss Pac-Man's inside Pac-Man cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. Yeah, Pac-Man's more fun. Shocking pink. Yeah.
1: So, cart racer, you guys looking forward to that? Are you going to stay up or what?
0: I will. Not be staying up, but I'll likely be up for it. Uh, I'm a newborn, so I'm up like every hour right now. Anyway,
1: that's right. Uh, you know, last year I made the comment about I said something about um, Alan needs to find out what it's like to to have to put the kids to bed in order to podcast. <laughs> and uh, here we are, and and I said I also made the comment of Andy and I. You know, we have uh, four kids between us, and now it's five and a half. We're at five and a half here.
2: Yeah, right. This is true. Yeah.
1: With with Andy having the half over there,
0: yep. yeah. Actually, we're we're two thirds now.
1: So two thirds, five and two thirds children.
0: I've actually been waiting to see how long this is going to last. I'm podcasting right now with him sleeping on my chest. Ah, good. We'll hear it. We will get to hear
1: the action. Cool. Um, so, so yeah, that's for the first time you'll hear. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, cart uh, racer. Have you? No, no one's seen this. Have you seen it? I have I not seen, seen it. it.
0: All right. Well, me either.
1: Alan, have you? No. No,
0: I have not. I never even heard of it until you found it.
1: <laughs> well, it's going to be good. So it's on. Um, it's on Hulu for free, and it, the whole thing is on YouTube and little bits and pieces. So the thing that I need to decide is: do we want to watch YouTube like ten different clips in a row, or do we want to take a chance with Hulu? But then if our commercials are off, you know, it could throw off. But I don't know. I don't know if it's such a big deal or not. I
0: think, but... I think we'll be okay on Hulu.
1: Okay, we'll probably do that. Um. But so my driven my driven experience last year was pretty good. Um, I live blogged it. There's If you go back and you just look, I, I put driven in the labels for each one. So if you just click on one of the driven ones, and you can see all my comments on the movie, and uh, it was pretty good. I uh, I made some comments like there was one part where they told Jimmy this is this is Kip Pardue, right? Is Jimmy? Yeah. So they told him that that. Something in Chicago they told me he tried to make a hole and that was like a big deal. But then in Toronto Burt Reynolds tells him, Make a hole <laughs> so, <laughs> It's like he got in trouble for doing it, and then they're telling him to do it. Uh that's one part I put, this movie has too many subplots involving women and long, slow soap opera zooms. So that, <laughs> those are some of my comments about it. And uh Yeah. Joe Tanto. Why was Joe Tanto ever out of racing if he ended up being one of the best three anyway? <laughs> It's like, you know, Peyton Manning didn't just sit out of football You know, when he got cut Everybody wanted him So, yeah, I don't know, I like Driven It was fun, so we'll see if Cart Racer can hold up
0: (laughs) What's so funny is, you know, IndyCar has been far away from the entertainment industry Ever since Driven happened Because (laughs) because of Driven Because of it I mean, they thought it was going to be the greatest thing ever when it was coming out And it just turned out to be so horrendous but uh, there's a new DreamWorks animated movie coming out called Turbo, which is all about oh, yeah. 500. Yeah. And there's like, I kid you not, there's like a 30-second trailer or a one-minute trailer. And in the 30 to one minute, you know, that is on YouTube, it is more realistic than anything you see in Drip. <laughs> and it's a freaking animated movie.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, this man just crashed. <laughs> This man just crashed, and his car flew out of the stadium and into a river. Yet the drivers have to choose to stop racing and go help him. Owners and fans are wondering why they have stopped racing. The race is still going we get We get yellow flags now if like one thing happens, and they're like, "What are you doing? You can't just quit to go save the man in the river over there."
0: I love- I love that the cars are racing close enough that they could go into a river, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, nobody held up their hand when they were planning that track and said, hey, maybe we shouldn't run this track right <laughs> next to a river. Right next well, to it, right. Best, maybe-
0: there's no fences. There's no walls anywhere. <laughs> it's just, oh, we wrecked. Oh, he goes way over into there. And there's, there's even one wreck where a dude just, like, goes off the track. It's at the beginning. And, like, he's just going off the track, and he hits, like, hay or something, and the car goes, like, 30 feet in the air from him. <laughs> It's so awesome. Yeah, the
2: ever-popular hay bales, which haven't actually probably appeared next to a racetrack since about 1973. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he appeared in
0: 2001. Cart. I'm real estate. What's to live up to? Wait, what's that? I said this cart movie has so much to live up to. Yeah, I don't think it
1: can. It's uh, it's more like a kid movie, I think. I want to, it's rated want to PG. These
0: carts explode. I want to see an accident and then they just blow up.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I just watched like the first few minutes of it and it's like he pulls up on the side of some other kid and he like kicks his cart and it makes it go off the road. <laughs> <movie. laughs> so it looks more like Mario Kart, you know, in the form of a movie. Uh,
0: it's like the cart version of airborne.
1: <laughs> they oh, should throw turtle shells at was, you. Uh,
0: what was Airborne it was like Seth Green uh, it was like a rollerblading movie oh okay like, yeah it was like this, likes, it's like this kid who's from up north and he likes hockey but then he moves to California and he hates it but then he finds out that everybody's rollerblading <laughs> like, the whole movie ends with this horrible like race down a mountain everybody's on their rollerblades and it's like dude's going off the side of the mountain one dude gets hit by a car it's like, And then, like, they win because they get more guys to the dock than the other group, so they win. (laughs) I imagine that's more or less what we're going to see with this cart movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think we've got a front-runner for uh, Blogathon Movie 2014
2: now. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, the Turbo? Oh, Airborne? Airborne.
2: airborne. That
1: sounds good. Sounds good. Remind me. I don't don't want it to be anything good.
0: (laughs) I don't think you have to worry about that. (laughs) I mean, are there really seriously? Can you name a good racing movie? Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean you know, if like they're really like serious,
1: yeah, but they're really serious, it's kind of hard to, you know, like Days of Thunder or
0: whatever. Like,
1: I don't know, I don't know how much there is to really make fun of it.
0: Right, a Days of Thunder. I mean, it's, it's oh, like well, a, yeah, a good movie. good movie. Watching it, but you know, nobody's ever like, oh my gosh, yeah, that movie about racing.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I like uh, this post here, J- Joe Tanto. Driver, coach, tough guy, psychologist, marriage counselor, motivational speaker, comedian, lover, fighter. Too much man for one movie. <laughs> yeah.
2: It really should have been a series of movies.
1: <laughs> Joe Tanto. <laughs> and then there's only three guys who consistently like can win a race. You got the, the Brandenburg, you got Bly and you got Tanto.
0: Yeah.
1: My All the other guys are just too, fodder, just a wreck.
0: My, my yeah. favorite thing, too, is... There's a scene. There's a couple scenes where they put real racers. Like there were real car, you know, car, into car drivers who were in that movie. Like they would show scenes where they would show them getting ready for the race, (laughs) and they show Roberto Moreno. And then there's a made up driver name in the movie, Memo Moreno. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. They just took two. They took is either who was it at the time? Memo Gidley, maybe. Gidley was Kidley <laughs> and Roberto Moreno put their names together, but then he's in the movie. it's <laughs> yeah, nobody thought that was a bad idea for whatever. it was like they
2: they had insert driver's name here on the script like that's what it said, and then they're
0: like, oh crap, we need a driver's name <laughs> here. and then the first few guys that wondered, every sports movie we should have like you know like Sammy Maguire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I used to wonder about that because and um, oh man, there was this movie. It was a basketball movie, and I used to like it. I can't remember the name of it, but so one of the he was getting recruited. And one of the other kids getting recruited, his name was Eric Montross, who was actually like a college player, but it wasn't him. They just used his name. That's insane. Do you guys not – y'all don't know that movie? What was it? It was uh, – oh, man. And then there was a Blue Chips, okay, which had actual basketball players yeah. in it. Do you remember that one? Shaq was in it. And uh, you know and that was that was weird too because they were using the real players and I don't know and they, you know there were different names and all of that so they used to do that in movies. We need to do we need to do uh, like a blogathon at other times of the year and watch other sports movies and make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, like during the Olympics we really should have had a blogathon.
0: Oh yeah, that'd have been good.
1: Um, so we need to do that next time when the Olympics. Maybe uh, I don't know yeah, you do other a,
0: times like that. Six in a year. What's that? So we do the Winter Olympics? That should only be a year away.
1: Yeah, yeah, so stuff like that. Then we can throw another other movies. That's
0: good for Blogathon, too, because they're, they're Sochi, Russia this year, next time. So that'll yeah. be a 24-hour situation.
1: Yeah, that'll be good. Um, so, all right, so anything else about Blogathon? Did I miss anything? I mean, that's all the, you know, you got your golf and other stuff going on. Yeah, um, I don't
2: think so.
1: Yeah, stay up. Stay up late with us and watch a uh, Kart Racer and play some Mario Kart with us. I'll be awful at Mario Kart like I am every year. Yeah. Um, any uh, any thoughts about – let me see. I'm trying to look through my notes here, sorry.
0: Um, I don't know. That's really all I had. All right. So this is a subject we broach every year, but I want to broach it in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Pro Bowl. Now, let's come. Oh, yeah. forget everything we always discuss every year on this. Let's just come down to this. If I gave you a 50-50 betting proposition <laughs> – And I said, will the Pro Bowl exist in five years? Which way are you going?
1: Uh, Do you mean like as it is right now, postseason? I just
0: mean period. Will there be a Pro Bowl in five years? Or will they they finally just get rid of it?
1: Uh, Can can it count if it's like touch football? And they still call it the Pro Bowl?
0: I don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't think that would still be the Pro Bowl. See, I think they would at least do flag football, right? (laughs) <laughs> well, but they have to be
1: careful because they'll still go all out trying to get that flag, and uh, and and you could have injuries. It's 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 a motion that you're not used to doing, and uh, I think that's the worry with flag football is that going for that flag instead of just naturally tackling. Like I don't know, I think they can tweak ankles and knees and stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just going for a specific thing. I think that they're much more likely to just do a friendly two-hand touch football.
0: Game. They really they really ought to just have these guys play Madden. I mean. <laughs>
1: that would be fun.
0: I mean, because you know they all play it anyway.
1: Um, you know, in five years, yeah, I think there'll be a Pro Bowl in five years. Now, ten or twenty, I, don't, I think eventually it's going to go away. But the fact that it's still such a big deal and it's still, you know, it doesn't seem to be going away soon. Uh, people do still watch it for some reason. I mean, it just, I, just, I check in. You know, that's it. It
0: just seems like the the chance for injury there, and and as much as they they you know try to pretend. They're doing all this research about concussions and all that. They're really not the best way for them to do anything to prevent it. Is to just not have them play, you know?
1: It really is. It really is sort of a meaningless thing in a sport where you get hurt so easily. At yeah. this point, you know, it's an yeah.
0: unnecessary game. I mean, you
2: can see how, how hard all the players were trying last year. You know, eight,
0: was the final for like the seventh selections. You know, it's like the guys who were first round picked are never playing anyway because they don't want to go hmm Did Drew Brees ever get
1: in for this year?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he did at one point and probably turned out. he on.
1: he was left off for so for so long and then I heard the other day they added somebody yeah. and uh, I forgot who, but uh, you know, I just I had never heard of Drew Brees got added. Um it was ridiculous that he was left off for one thing. But I don't know. That's the Saints bias in me. I mean he you know his, his stats are up there. He led in interceptions but he also led in touchdowns too, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I tell you, you know, just football in general, I'm worried about Drew Brees cuz I mean, I hope I hope it had to do with Shane Sean Payton being away, but he very much reminds me of Brett Favre right after Brett Favre won the Super Bowl where he was like, I can just sling the ball as much as I want out. And that's kind of what Drew Brees did this year. He just he thought he could save every situation with a deep pass and yeah. the defense just figured it out and I just you know, as a Saints fan, I hope I hope that was just something that he was doing because Sean Payton wasn't around to yell at him or something.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like uh, what I was talking about Tom Brady yesterday. It's like, dude, they keep batting the ball down. Like when you throw it like that, they keep batting it down or up in the air and intercept it. You know, it's like try something new. The way you're doing it, you can't just be that cocky that you're going to come up to the line and say I'm going to try this short line drive pass again. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Breeze was kind of you know had that cocky. Yeah.
0: Sense. I mean. Who could have predicted that we would have Joe Flacco versus Colin Kaepernick? That's our matchup. And the funny thing is too is that like you know for all for all the you know beef everybody has with Flacco, he really has looked good this year. I mean, but all yeah. talking about is Ray Rice, Ray Rice, Ray Rice, and it's like uh, Joe Flacco. I'm sorry, not Ray Rice, uh, Ray Lewis, but Ray yeah. Rice and Joe Flacco. are The reason that team is there. Um. I was
1: wondering uh, with with Kaepernick on the other side, since we're talking about the no, the uh, Super the Super Bowl, um, if you had a chance right now to to start a franchise, right, and take the three rookies, so you got Luck, RG three, and, and Wilson, and then throw Kaepernick in there, okay? Who would you take to start your team?
0: I hate to say it, I think I'd still take Andrew Luck.
1: Me too. I, I made up my mind. I thought about it this morning. I would take Andrew Luck.
2: I would. What about you? I, I would too. Just the style of his game, I think, is more durable.
1: <laughs> okay, so then, so where do you go? First of all, I'll just tell you right now, and and I'm sorry, I know he's injured right now, but and I tried to leave that out, but I had RG fourth on my list. Um, it, it would be t- go, going at number two right now because Kaepernick looks great, but I really like Wilson, and uh, Kaepernick's only played like half a year, so I don't know. Um, but but I decided that RG three, I'd probably go fourth. And, and it's hard to discount the injury that he has now, but I think that uh, if he wasn't hurt right now, I just always thought he would be hurt, you know, more so than Kaepernick or Wilson. Uh, what do you guys think?
0: Well, I, couldn't I mean, agree it, with that. being in D.C. and seeing almost every Redskins game this year, I mean, I actually have really liked what I've seen from RG3. Uh, yeah. I'm, I've not seen a ton of Russell Wilson, um, so I don't really know a, a lot about him. Um the thing I liked about Kaepernick is I watched a lot of, a lot of his games, because I follow, you know, Boise a lot, so I'd end up seeing a lot of games from, you know, just the Mountain West and the, and the whack and all that. Right. Uh, I, I think the thing that surprised me the most about, about Kaepernick is not his in-season games, it's been his playoff games. Um, he's looked so much better than he did. In the season, he really hasn't looked great. He's looked okay. Uh, he looked amazing in his playoff games. Um, Basically, he looked like everything everybody always claimed Michael Vick would be and wasn't. Uh, But that's the thing that worries me about him, Wilson, you know, and RG3, is that those guys will get hit more, you
1: know. They will, but but they seem... uh, RG3, and I don't know, you've you've seen him more than me, obviously, but he seems like... uh, I don't know. It seems to me that Wilson and Kaepernick have a better sense of when to run and when to get down. Where RG three and Cam Newton to me, it just seems like they know they're so good at it that they're just gonna do it more and yeah. sort of leave themselves out there. That's like yeah. that
0: big that big guy mentality. I'm bigger than
1: Exactly. You.
0: Like right. they think right. I'm still in college where they really were bigger than the other guys, you know?
1: Right. And uh so I just Cam Newton and RG three I just have such a hard time trusting where yeah, I mean you're right, it could happen to any of them, uh, once they're out there running around. Yeah. What
0: do you think about Brady's kick? When he slid in. Holy holy crap. That game had some of the most amazing things I've ever seen. First, it had Brady's Ty Cobb slide. <laughs> and the best part about that is that, let's be honest, there I mean, you even wrote an article about it. It's like the thing that gets the most hits on our website is the Tom Brady rule. I mean, <laughs> there are rules made because of people hitting Tom Brady and all that stuff. And here he is doing probably one of the most dirty things we have ever seen, not coming from Nick Dominic Sue. I mean... Why do you think he did that?
1: Like, it looked like maybe he was just trying to protect him. You think he was really trying to kick that guy?
0: It was Ed Reed. It was, I mean, yeah. I I think it was. I I think he was doing it on purpose. I don't think there's anything he possibly could have done that was defensive because keep in mind, if you're defensive, you put your knees in front of you and you curl them up, you know, because that'll prevent stuff from hitting you. Putting your legs out there like that means a guy can kick you. It means you can bend your knee the wrong way.
1: Yeah, he could have twisted his knee.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you can twist your knee. A lot of things can happen if you put your leg out like that. It was, it was just, it was amazing that you know a guy like Brady would do a move like that. When, but the thing is, I don't think that's unlike Brady. I think it's just what people think about Brady is very unlike what Brady is actually like. I mean, he's let's be honest, he's just a normal competitive guy like everybody else. But, but right. I cannot believe that he did that on that stage. You know, I mean, he's. He t- normally doesn't tend to do stuff. Like, like Dominic Sue. I mean, that dude's making it an annual Thanksgiving tradition to get penalized <laughs> for doing ridiculous stuff. I mean, uh. this, this year we had the groin kick. Last year we had the, the kick to the head. Yeah, the stomp. Yeah, uh, yeah the stomp. And then, uh, some year, because he's done it like three years in a row. But, I mean, Brady, I mean, especially, uh, the one thing that interests me about Brady, though, too, is in that game, is that... You know, there are certain guys, and this is where it's so funny to me that people will always dig on Eli Manning, but when Eli Manning is down, he always rallies his team back. As soon as it looked like it was going to be difficult to be the Ravens, it was very clear that Tom Brady quit. like, And that whole team quit. They were just like, well, crap, we're not going to win this game. You know? And it's like, No, I agree, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where, like... A hundred times I would take Eli Manning, even if he might not put up the gaudy stats during the season. I trust Eli Manning in the playoffs way more.
1: It was a, it was it was definitely scary. Like I can imagine being a Patriots fan and then just all of a sudden coming to the realization that Joe Flacco has a better defense, a better running back, uh, without Gronkowski, probably better uh, targets. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like what was there to say other than Brady Flacco? which, let's face it, isn't, you know, so far-stretched that he's that much better than Flacco at this point.
0: Right. But, I mean, let's Uh, be honest, the the receivers at Baltimore are not the receivers five years ago. Their receivers now are Bolden, Torrey Smith, and Dennis Pitta. I mean, those are, like, some of the most quality guys in the league.
1: Yeah, Welker and Lloyd, not stepping up, you know, like they should, I guess. Um, Man, but that hit on Steven Ridley.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, I don't even know, I mean i texted you right after it had happened i was just like is there a scene that any any more than that epitomizes the nfl is there's one guy oh yeah yeah passed on the ground and there's five guys standing over him and not but one foot away is a whole pile of dudes fighting over the football
1: i thought that pile was going to just fall on top of him i was oh, waiting no. for that to happen
0: it, it epitomized everything that's wrong about the nfl that's yeah. What's so amusing about the NFL right now, and I do not mean amusing in a good way, I mean amusing in I cannot believe they think they're <laughs> fooling anybody, no, they're, doing stupid- stupid- they're these stupid commercials about like we're revolutionizing the game and we do all these studies on concussions, yet everything you see in the games is anything but. You constantly see guys going back in after concussions – you constantly see stuff like what happened. That guy, you know, Ridley had the concussion, and one of his teammates is taking his damn st- chin strap off. Is like, do yeah. not touch that guy. Like, yeah, they kept, yeah, they kept
1: like pulling him. They were trying. You couldn't see because of the pile next to him, but it looked like they kept trying to pull him up.
0: Yeah, and there, there have been three or four times this season where I have seen a guy who has definitely had a concussion, where his teammate has tried to pick him up. The other one was a, it was a game-winning touchdown. I forget who, and somebody got. Concuss on his way into the end zone winning the game he won the game and then his teammates are like trying to pick him up and celebrate and like he's clearly out on the ground you know and um what what happened with ridley is even more apparent um if you know anything and here i'll I'll drop a little bit of knowledge that's good for people who want to know about this um when it comes to concussions and this isn't just football there's something called the fencing response Um, you can look it up on YouTube and find it. Trust me, it's really worthwhile to go see it on YouTube. But um, it doesn't happen in every concussion. But if it happens, you have 100% definitely had a concussion. It's called the fencing response. And what happens is when you have a concussion and you fall to the ground, your arms go up in the air as a natural instinct to protect yourself from getting hit anymore. You'll see it in boxers. You'll see it in UFC. You'll see it in hockey. And Ridley... 100 percent did it before he even hit the ground he was upside down and his arms were already up in the air it's like it's just an involuntary thing that the human body does when you have a concussion and like they should be they should be teaching players that that like if you see one of your teammates do that he has had a concussion right it's like you saw him do it and it's not something that happens like and then it goes away your arms stay up in the air like you 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 just involuntarily your arms go up in the air and you can look it up on youtube it's called the fencing response he was like twitching man he was like yeah and, but i mean it's something that happens when you have a concussion and i've seen it three or four times this year and twice the guy has gone back into the game and the <laughs> nfl's going to bullshit everybody into like you know oh we're revolutionizing the game and we care about concussions and all this and it's like RG3 went back in clearly with a destroyed leg. You know, all these guys are going back in with concussions, and the NFL is going to sit here and pretend like they well, because they're going to go in because they don't want to be Jay Cutler. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. But it's like the NFL does nothing about it. You know, what do they do? They cut guys. You know, they let them get cut, and they don't they don't really care. I mean, and that's what's so amazing to me about it all.
2: Yeah, um, the, fa- the fact that an 18-game schedule or even a 17-game schedule is still, apparently, a, a, that might happen, I think is absolutely reprehensible. There should oh, not yeah. be more games. <laughs> I mean, there should be and, less opportunity for guys to get injured, not more.
0: Oh, yeah, and not even not even just the 18-game schedule. I mean, they are destroying some dudes with this stupid Thursday night football nonsense. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. The Ravens had three games in 18 days, I think, this year or something like that, or 17 days to start the season. And you can see it. On that third game, there were dudes seriously sucking oxygen on the sidelines because they were just exhausted. Wow. It wasn't because of the game they were in. It was ter- It's just that many games in a row. And it's like the NFL just puts marketing dollars behind it to tell you that they care. And it's like, how are you ever going to believe them, you know? Like Seattle had to come back east
1: again, and they put them on at one o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Two two yep. playoff weekends in a row to come east, and they put them on at one, They can't even give them a later game because of right. ratings
0: are. Yep. Yeah, uh, because they're not the Patriots. You know. Right.
1: It's all ratings. It's, yep. it's all ratings.
0: Yep. Um, well, speaking
1: of NF I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, interestingly enough, about the whole matchups thing is. Uh, What they, if you ever follow, you know, like guys like Darren Rovell online or anything, who are always talking about the money angle, they said that the Ravens, uh, 49ers matchup of all the teams that were in the playoffs was the best one they could do for scalping for, uh, the cost of tickets because those are the two fan bases out of all the teams that were involved that wanted to go the most. (laughs) So I find that interesting. And then it's the brother, it's the brother's Super Bowl. It's the, it is, yeah. One, one of which, who is an IndyCar owner. Uh, he's uh, Jim, uh, the 49ers coach. Is John or Jim? I get a mixed Jim. up. Jim, That's Jim, the one. Yeah, Jim's Jim. the one. Part owner, owner of Path of Racing. Yep. Wow.
1: I didn't know that. I learned. Um, speaking of NFL, we had our NFL predictions. And uh, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, this is from what I listened to last year's podcast, so I have some notes based on that. So, so I did. Give Alan his large elephant clock from it is last up, year.
0: It is up in my workstation in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy, th- did, is this your first year that you played? Second Andy? year. Second so, okay. year was my
2: first
1: year. Right, that's right, because you talked about having to, <laughs> to ship the beer, and you said you were just going to PayPal him
0: or whatever. But uh, So, all right, so Andy, did, so who won? Do we know who won? Okay, so, so that's the thing. It's, it's oddly <laughs> enough, it's actually down to me and Andy. Okay, all right, yep. yeah. San Francisco wins, and it's me. Baltimore wins, and it's Andy. Okay, good. So Uh, if Andy wins, it will be the first time we've had a new winner in, like, four years. Woo, all right.
1: (laughs) Man, I got let down by the Broncos and the Saints. And so who who do you guys have?
0: For me, it's San Francisco. For Andy, it's it's Baltimore. What's interesting is that um, if Atlanta had gone, uh, our friend Corey could have won, not because he had Atlanta winning but just because nobody had Atlanta winning so nobody else would have scored any more points
1: right and then uh, and then if the Patriots went well Todd would have won right
0: Yeah yeah so yeah. so what's up for grabs just to explain for anyone listening every it, <laughs> the story goes back to uh, uh, Mike's brother Todd actually one year this is back with the greatest show on turf was trying to tell me that it didn't matter who went to the playoffs, that the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl. It was <laughs> on another level, and it didn't matter. The whole season did not even need to be done that year. And, and I said, okay, well, let's predict everything at the beginning of the year and find out what happens. And uh, I ended up winning that year. I don't remember if Todd got the lowest score, but he definitely, definitely didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Todd has actually not won this thing since we've started doing this. For someone someone who was the expert and told me it was definitely going to happen. And that was also the year that the Patriots upset the Rams in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. So the greatest show on turf did not hold up. But what we do is we all wager something. Uh, We don't want money involved, so we all just wager (laughs) silly items, which last year got me an elephant clock, a T-shirt. My wife always uh, puts up uh, a batch of cookies. Uh, this year, I put up some, like, Mindbender puzzles and Rubik's Cubes. People so, are starting to pay up more, man. Because yeah. I
1: remember I won one year, and all I got was a Hershey bar. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> one guy who put up a Hershey bar. Every year. Oh, well, this year, there are two very interesting entries this year that both have to pay up. Uh, my dad wagered <laughs> grapefruit stolen from a tree at my brother's house, because there's a <laughs> grapefruit tree at his house. So he has to actually steal grapefruit from my brother's house and then send it to the winner. Right. And as a result, my brother then wagered a crab dinner courtesy of my dad.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's <laughs> legit though. I don't think you can you can put that on somebody else.
0: I don't, I don't, so but uh, but
1: the grapefruit he can definitely have to go steal.
0: Yeah, he can he can definitely have
1: to go steal the grapefruit. Because he said he would do that yeah you can't you can't say'll you'll, you'll make somebody else. Yeah, and
0: that. It, and it's not one of those things he did and then he forgot about it. he's been calling me like every week to find out where <laughs> he was in the standings to find out if he was gonna have to go steal the grapefruit
1: <laughs> Well, Andy, get ready because uh, Andy's either gonna win a large sum of randomness or he's going to have to give up a pizza cutter so
0: yeah
2: and a that, pizza
1: cutter that I was looking forward to
0: trying to win. I am myself. looking forward to my Nissan pizza cutter. <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm looking forward to some stolen fruit, so I mean, <laughs> that's gonna be some delicious grapefruit, I'm sure. Mike, what did what did you
0: end up putting up? I forgot.
1: It's so it's a it's a 2007 uh, Athlon Sports football preview magazine. It's got uh, Steve McNair on the cover, <laughs> and lots of goodness on the inside about like Randy Moss and other stars of the era. So, if you want to learn more about the 2007 football season? Who doesn't? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Steve McNair on the cover. Yeah.
0: That would go up on my wall.
1: Yeah, well, so one of you's going to win it.
0: We'll look at an NFL team that uses karate to prepare for football tonight at 11 on U-Center 5. Um, I don't – you know,
1: we usually talk about, like, topical sports stuff. I'm already over Lance Armstrong, so if you guys want to say anything, I don't know, is there anything to say about that? No. Honestly, no.
0: <laughs> could there have been a weirder week? I mean, with – You some, got the fake the, dead girl. Yeah. I mean, we – the <laughs> – we had Monte Teo with the non-existent dead girlfriend. And it's like, with Lance Armstrong, I have to be honest, it's not surprising at all. Right. It's just, it's, the, it's the conclusion to it all. I mean, at this, at this point, he's just saying what everybody else has already said. I mean, at this point, all of his teammates have admitted it. There was one guy who wrote a book who had, I mean, exact details on how they did it. Like how a guy would visit the team on a bus with a thermos that had a fake bottom on it. <laughs> that had this stuff in it. They would inject themselves. They'd put it back in the thermos, and then that guy would leave the bus. He was like a fake photographer or something, like a fake, <laughs> fake guy. And that's how they would do this, and that's how they would get away with it. You know, it's like movies, man. I know it's like it's crazy. It's like crazy how all that stuff happened, but it's like it's really not that surprising. You know, I mean, we've gone through the steroid era of baseball, and we've like I don't think doping, you know, and and you know, performance-enhancing drugs really surprise anybody anymore. I mean, obviously. NFLers use it. I mean, nobody is surprised when that stuff comes out, you know, and not not to mention they don't even really have a strict testing policy. The thing that I found so amusing about it all is that the Olympic Committee had the audacity to say, maybe we should remove cycling until they get their crap together. It's like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, yeah. when has any Olympic sport ever had their crap together? I mean, they even did, They ESPN did that 30 for 30 on the Korea Olympics when... You know, it was like Ben Johnson and Carl Lewis, and like, the dude had saved the drug samples, and he tested them like 10 years later, and nine of the 10 finalists tested positive for something, but they weren't testing it for it at the time, and it's like, that's how it's always going to be with sports, is that whatever tests we have, somebody's going to be using something that's a level... Right, that's not being tested, right. You know? I mean, not to mention, there's even stuff that like, is legitimate, but it really isn't, like... There's a bunch of, like, boxers and UFC guys who are doing, uh, it's called TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. It's like their testosterone levels are low, so they have to take supplements to get back up. It's like <sighs> right. your testosterone levels are low because you're getting older. Like, that's what happens. Right. It's like, you know, but, I mean, that stuff's always going to be around. That's what I find so amusing is not that Lance Armstrong finally came around to it. The part that's amazing to me is how much of a jerk he is still being about it. Like... He – you know, there's a – famously, the guy who had always defended him was Rick Riley in the media. And uh, Rick Riley published an email that Lance sent him when he admitted it. And yeah. the letter is literally like two words. It's like, sorry. And that's it. I know. Yeah. Rick Riley has defended that dude all his life and then like put all his credit behind it and is always back to you. And the best thing you could do was send him an email, not even a phone call, not not nope. anything. Just send him an email. Sorry, man.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. I, mean, I did see uh, there's a – it's a like a library in Australia maybe? I don't, yeah, and, uh, and they're moving all Lance Armstrong titles to the fiction section, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a bit extreme.
0: I think it's good, <laughs> <though>. hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I saw that. Yeah. I, saw what, that
0: what, I mean really what should happen out of this, and it probably won't, I mean – Pretty much all Lance Armstrong's next five to ten years is going to be is counter lawsuits because he sued every single person who said he used drugs and he won. Like he won every case and he won millions of dollars. And like there are going to be so many counter lawsuits that if he's not bankrupt already from losing all his sponsorship, he will be bankrupt within the next five to ten years.
1: Yeah, and he he owes people money. I mean – He offered the postal service five million dollars, and they said no. Yeah, I mean, so that means they're probably coming after him for some real stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm sure so many people are going to be coming after him because, like I said, he didn't just win; he won giant million dollar settlements from people who said he used drugs, and then like he won in court that he didn't, and then now he's saying he did. It's like that's true. Not to mention, you could end up with a Barry Bonds situation. I mean, you could have feds coming after him, you know, because it's wasting court time over lying knowingly, you know, and all that stuff, but. It's like that that's kind of its own deal. Mon, Monte Teo. <laughs> I don't It's one of those stories that is so bizarre that you just laugh. You're just like this cannot be real. This is so weird.
1: That's why I think unfortunately for that story, like there's just more that needs to come out cuz anything we talk about here like in January is just going to be speculation and that's all going to come out. you know, like we're going to get clarity about the situation eventually. Oh yeah, this. I mean
0: they just need time with it because there's already conflicting stories. I mean, exactly, yeah. that dude, Ronnie Tuiasa Sopo or whatever, has always already said something completely different than what Teo is saying, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty absurd. And
0: it's, uh, there's so, so many absurd angles to that story that, you know, it's like, he said that he notified Notre Dame on December 6th or something like that about it. Yeah, and then he's and, talking about it afterwards. Yeah, and then he was talking reporters. about it afterwards. And honestly, it's... It's just like any other compulsive liar. It's like he couldn't stop lying about it. I don't care who it was. I mean, even if he was trying to make himself not be embarrassed, he just kept getting further and further into it. And it's just like, it's like those movies, you know, where people are just getting so far into their lie that eventually right. they have you, to
1: get. Right. The right thing to do would be to take the attention away from it. Even if somebody else brings it up, you as a mature adult divert the attention back to your game. Right. You know like that's and he didn't yeah. obviously he embellished it so
0: and I mean the the good news and I mean that as at least as trying to find the silver lining is the good news is he technically didn't do anything illegal and right right years from now we'll just remember Monte Teo as that really good NFL player who had that really weird story thing happen you know
1: right yeah, it's not a big deal, whatever. Um, I tell you what is a big deal. Uh, the who is it the San Francisco fan stabbing the Atlanta fan on the neck? <laughs> Wait,
2: I did not hear about this.
1: Oh, go go look real quick.
2: Yeah, it's on yeah. ESPN.
1: Yeah, a 49ers fan stabbed a Falcons fan in the throat. Why? It should have been the other way around. <laughs> and that's what I thought. That's what is so weird to me. Yeah, well, you know, I, I can't say that I'm not shocked, you know, Falcons fans. Who hasn't wanted to stab a Falcons fan? <laughs> We've all been there. As a as a Saints fan, I can I can see that. Who who amongst (laughs) us?
2: Right, the First stone on this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we've been raised to hate both of them. So that was it. Was so tough yesterday. The way we looked at it was that we were not cheering for the 49ers. We were just simply cheering against the Falcons (laughs) because for years, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was it was the 49ers. You couldn't. Yeah, that was our rivals.
0: That's what kept the Dome Patrol out of the playoffs most of the time.
1: Oh man, I know. Even like '87, our first year making the playoffs with the uh, strike, we still we were like I don't know like 12 and four or something, and we still, you know, they were still like 14 and two. They still won the division.
0: Well, did you hear too? uh, Joe Montana's son is going to Tulane now. Oh, really? He's going to be Tulane's quarterback. Yeah, that's good. So he's he's like a JUCO transfer. Like he's trying to find a place to be quarterback, and I guess Tulane said, "Yeah, sure, we'll have Joe Montana's son."
1: Yeah, we need a quarterback. Can you send us a running back, dude? <laughs> um, so, yeah, but that's, that That was pretty odd that somebody got stabbed after the playoff game.
0: Well, it's even odder that it was the loser <laughs> that got stabbed.
1: <laughs> he probably wouldn't shut up. The uh, 49 I didn't read the article. Did you read
0: anything about it, Andy? It has no it has no details, the one I just looked up. It's just like, if you know anything, contact the authorities. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man. Well, we just won. I'm gonna go stab somebody. No. <laughs> um, I I was listening. So I was listening to last year's podcast. Just a couple things to bring up. First of all, uh, Alan asked if last year would be the final year for Mario Kart Wii. So obviously that's not. I'm still keeping it going. Just that you thought that maybe the Wii would be. You know outdated
0: the wii is outdated but it is gonna use we're gonna be using up those servers for like the next (laughs) 10 years they're gonna be like what is going on every january we get a spike in mario Kart.
1: (laughs) five people still come play it (laughs) um and then uh, there was a quote uh, the quote let me just tell you the quote then i'll tell you the context so i said something to the i wasn't really listening i just i was doing something else and then this quote i was laughing and so that i said i've been to I've been to every dirty European site that I can find. (laughs) That was, I was trying to find a link to watch Driven. Driven for free. Right, (laughs) exactly. But I I wasn't paying attention. I had the podcast on and I heard myself say that and I thought that was funny.
0: How Um, much effort you spent to find Driven is the most effort anyone has ever spent to find (laughs) Driven.
1: It was like the whole podcast. It was me, you guys are talking and I was trying to find Driven.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you spent you spent more calories trying to find the uh, movie than Kip Pardue's mom would to uh have gone to opening night, I'm sure.
1: So uh, so speaking of Kip Pardue let's get to Arful real quick and how awful I was in Arful, my one my one year attempt at it. My name was the amazing it was an amazing name, I gotta say. The Kip Pardudes.
2: But It was probably the strongest name in the in the entire league. <laughs> I mean, I probably should have given you an extra thousand points just on that
1: alone. Yeah, but I still would have been last place, I think. Huh?
2: Oh well, what are you gonna do?
1: You know I was close to that dude for a while.
0: You know, funny enough, Andy, Andy never got the privilege of seeing the emails I would send Mike throughout the year, where I was like, "Hey, you know, you got some guys on your bench that if you just put them in, you would score points." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know.
1: I didn't know like who was on which kind of track or anything. <laughs> I thought I'd have more time to like investigate, and I just never, God, like, the weeks that I thought to go do it, I couldn't get around to like. Seeing who was on which kind of, you know, course or whatever. I don't
0: know. Oh, you can so explain. What does
2: full stand for? I don't even know. Uh, it's All Racing Fantasy League.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I mean, last year, I mean, every year, I <laughs> there used to be a time when there was unlimited free agent pickups, and I think Andy just got tired of my emails every week. To come to
2: <laughs> So well, it was also me. Him.
0: It was
2: always it was always a battle between you and me as to who could do more free agent pickups over the course of the year. <laughs> I mean, there was one year that I think combined between the two of us, it was probably north of forty.
0: Um, but it's, it's just so amazing to me because everybody else in the league is like, I only use two, and I'm like, I, mean, <laughs> I can understand being really happy about your roster, but there is a point where IndyCar, Grand Am, Formula One, all end. You know, and like right, so it makes sense to dump them. Yeah, yeah, there's a point where you can dump all those guys because it's not a keeper league, you know. And you just like even if the guy isn't good, I will pick up anybody who shows up on an entry list for American Le Mans just because the race is happening. I will at least get one point out of that guy that I wouldn't have gotten out of somebody. Right. Else.
1: Mm-hmm. Now we'll say we we talked about on the podcast that uh, I guess we thought Alan had to come to Nashville for work in October at the time. And maybe that didn't work out, but uh, so we said we were going to get together we we're going to record live in October you know with all three of us in the same room and and Andy mentioned that yeah at that point we'll be in a, a three-way deadlock for uh, first place in the article. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't hold up my end of the deal <laughs> it wasn't just you and <laughs> ran away with that league last year it was he, he was killing early.
0: I had a couple of pretty lucky pickups well, so.
1: my guys my guys were terrible.
0: Yeah I like uh, last year I, I didn't really like my roster last year I like my roster this year it's it's actually balanced what what I usually mess up like some years is I'll just forget to take somebody like last year I don't think I took anybody from formula 1 like at yeah. all until there was like the last two guys in the field which if you know anything about formula 1 means they were the guys who finished last and second to last every race <laughs> so. So it really wasn't worthwhile, but that was kind of my big mistake last year. That didn't take anybody from Formula One. I had no IndyCar drivers last year. Like, I really kind of did pretty bad last year. This year, though, uh, Andy made a change to the league where we only start four guys on each side, and you only have 12 on your total roster, which I think might be good for free agents. It'll It will help you be able to pick up free agents better. Yeah, there should
2: be more guys available on the board on a week-to-week basis. Yes. Whereas last year, I mean, by the mid-season, it was like, okay, anybody who's more than like a, you know, 1.5 points per week guy was gone. Right. So there was basically nobody out there. So this made made the most sense. But
0: I would recommend to any of our 30 or so listeners. Uh, <laughs> 38 at least. Contact Andy and get his rules for how he does this. It's really fun. It's NASCAR, IndyCar, um, World Endurance Championship, American Le Mans, Formula One, and Grand Am, and you start an oval roster and a road and street roster every week, and you just get your points out of that, and it's it's a lot of fun. I, I find that it's a lot of fun because it also introduces you to the other racing leagues that you don't pay attention to. So,
1: mm-hmm. uh, well, I uh, I did at least make the playoffs in all of my football leagues, so <laughs> as bad as I was in. Awful. I, I had a good. I had a decent fantasy football year. I didn't win any leagues, but I made the playoffs at least. Thanks to Andy. Thanks to Andy's Colin Kaepernick in one league.
2: That's right. Yeah, I picked up Colin Kaepernick with like three weeks to go in the regular season.
1: Yeah, it was the last. It was the last game of the regular season, and I was. I needed. I needed to win, or I needed Andy's opponent to lose, and uh, and I was getting killed. And so we were together like Sunday evening. And I needed Andy to pull out this win for me to make the playoffs. And when when I left, uh, Andy, he you know, he was winning by a lot. And then by the time I got home, they had cut it to like single digits. He was up by like sixty and then cut it to like single digits. And I texted him and was like, mm-hmm. Andy. You're letting me down here. Colin Kaepernick sucks. He's he's ruining my life. He's messing up my whole season. And then right after I hit send, Kaepernick runs like a sixty-yard touchdown. Yeah, it was
2: literally within the next thirty seconds after I got that because I was watching the game cast on my phone. It was like, oh, there goes Colin Kaepernick. That's worth.
1: Yeah, he he gets a text from me. He's like, wait. He's like, what happened? He's like, I just went up by like fifteen again.
2: <laughs> Kaepernick. I was like, Kaepernick. Damn it, it save my life. So that was awesome. That was excellent. I do. I have to. Uh, Give you one apology from uh, fantasy football season, Mike, and that is that I was negligent in uh, watching the league because um, you guys always talk about that on the on the podcast, and I just got behind on it. And I have the entire season on the TiVo, and I just got around to watching the first week last week. Um, you know, it's
1: a good one. It's a slightly, good season.
2: Yeah, slightly out of uh, out of season, but uh, it cracked me up. The uh, remark I forget who was talking to who, but somebody said something about their eight team league. Oh yeah, uh, whoever it was that they were talking to said, "Your team's a, I forget what they said, bleeping joke or something like that." Yeah, a- Eight-team yeah. league. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I was in this year. Do,
1: do you remember when we were drafting and Todd said something about eight-team league? <laughs> <laughs> like we, we're all drafting, we all have you know Brady, Breeze, whatever. And Todd finally in the in the chat room of the draft goes, "Yay, 18 leagues! We're all awesome." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember that.
1: <laughs> it's like it is. It's true. But, uh, that, so that was a league that Andy and I – it was a new league that we started. But because it was only eight teams, we had the wise decision to start two tight ends. And uh, But I didn't draft well enough to do that. And uh, that was my downfall of the year is that Which, I just – I didn't have the tight ends to compete.
0: What you ought to bring back is the original Pepper League rules. Weren't two quarterbacks?
1: Yeah, but we started with five teams in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> But you could do that. I mean, we have 10 teams. You could still start two quarterbacks. I
0: think you could do that in 12 team leagues. You've got 32 NFL teams. You should have to start one sucky quarterback.
1: Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what we did this year. It was two it was two of everything. So, two quarterbacks, two tight ends, two running backs, two wide receivers, no flex position. So, you end up with like five good wide receivers, you know what I mean, but no no tight ends. So, yeah. It was it was pretty bleak at one point.
0: Uh, I, I still think our uh Two years ago, Mike and I made a what the hell league. It was probably <laughs> the best league we ever made, where it was like the kicker would get, I think, one point per every yard that the field goal was. So it was insane. Yeah, it, was it was insane. Just, you would want your don't players to not do certain things. Yards,
1: but if he missed the kick, it was like negative <laughs> 50. It was it was crazy. Like you know how you get bonuses at 100 yards for like a running back? Well, ours, if your running back got to 100 yards, you lost 30 points. <laughs> So and so we had literally like games lost on a last-minute touchdown run, because like you'd be up at twenty and your guy would break away and score a touchdown, but that put him over a hundred yards and so then you lost by twenty points. <laughs>
0: so, so you wanted him to get as close to ninety-nine yards as possible, and exactly. Your- or or just get
1: like because it was a it was a point per yard I think. So it was like if yeah. he went over one thirty, then it was okay. But yeah. anything between one hundred and one thirty, and you lost points. It, it was a crazy league. We did it two years. It was fun. Yeah,
0: it was good. It was it was the. It was easily the most fun league I've been in because you never really knew how to go about it. Like you didn't, you weren't just like, alright, I want Drew Brees, you know? It was like, well that might not always be good for me, you know?
1: It was, it was the, the what was it? It was 100 points, a 50 yard field goal? I think it was a 50 yard field goal. It was 100, 100 points. It was 100 points. And you played three kickers. Yeah. yeah, so so literally like Monday night, like going into Monday night, you could have two kickers, you could be down by two hundred points and still
0: win. Yeah, because <laughs> like like the fifty. There's like three kickers, two tight ends or three tight ends, but only one running back and only one wide receiver.
1: <laughs> so Andy, if we do it again, you gotta join that league. And
0: two or three defenses too. Three
1: defense, three kickers, <laughs> three defense. Yeah. that's
0: awesome. Yeah, and uh, and and for the
1: defense, there were some weird rules too about giving up points or whatever. But uh, sacks, oh, if your quarterback got sacked, you got 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. you, like interceptions, you got points when your quarterback threw an interception.
0: Yeah, so this would have been a good year for Drew Brees. I mean, because you would have got the yardage and the interceptions. And
1: the interceptions, exactly. Yeah, so uh, we might do that again. That was yeah, fun.
0: That can be the official
2: uh, grab bag sports fans.
1: Ah, Maybe we'll do that. Maybe that would be the grab bag sports week. We should. All right, I'll do that next year. Yeah. So if you if you're interested in playing in that, let us know. Um anything else that we should talk about? It's getting on Andy's gonna to go to a hockey game. Yeah.
0: Uh, hockey
1: it's game. hockey week. Hockey Week, <laughs> hockey week. that's right. It really
2: it's week. First
1: <laughs> if you wanna play uh, Mario Kart, let us know. I have uh Pat, our friend Pat who plays with us. I have him on my Wii info and then uh so there's a guy Jeff who's played with us before. Is that what's that? Jeff, is he from?
2: He is from Phoenix, I think. Uh former IndyCar blogger, I think. Okay,
1: all right. And then uh, I have another guy, Crack Attack. Is he active? Is he, yeah, he is active. Okay, so those guys, I have you already if you crack, want to play with us.
0: Crack Attack will kill us all. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's Everybody will kill me. me. Take him off of there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the the podcast opens with me saying, if you put your rule down to go pee, I will beat you. <laughs> last year, but and, and but I think that I misspoke because I think I even lost the people who went to go pee. So I was I was pretty bad last year. So uh, so yeah. So I'll have the cover it live, a chat window open just in case Alan can't uh, handle it this year with everything going on at his house. Uh, so let me know if you need me to add you to play uh, Mario Kart with us. Uh, anything else?
2: Nope. Come on out and play Mario Kart with us, everybody, and uh, follow along on live
1: and uh, post your food, whatever food you're eating that Ooh, weekend.
0: yeah, food and booze.
1: <laughs> that's right, That's
0: important. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys found a root beer from Tennessee yet?
1: No, we talked about that last year, too. No. Oh, uh, um, I did ask a guy at a store. Uh, so downtown we have this candy and soda shop. I okay. need to send you a picture that I took of Buffalo Wild Wing soda. Uh, <laughs> and it looks pretty nasty. That's but uh, anyway, I asked him about a local root beer, and he said that, some friends of his are going to uh, do one. They're going to start one this year.
0: All right. Sounds good.
1: So I told him I'd, I'd keep in touch. I, have, I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. Man, so.
0: As long as they bottle it, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I need, to, I need to get some stuff for you
0: at that store. Tennessee is missing from my wall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so,
1: all right. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys next year unless I can convince <laughs> Alan and Andy to do a uh, racing podcast, which they should.
0: Well, it's not, yeah. it, you'll be on it too. You will give us your thoughts about <laughs> racing. Yeah, I think you should come on for at least like a ten, fifteen minute segment, Mike. I think you, I will. I will. I think you should. I think you should like spend the whole week or whatever time you have coming up with some kind of analysis that we are not even allowed to give our opinions on. Unchallenged <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, let me tell you guys about something that goes unnoticed. Are <laughs> the lollipops they put in front of the cars when they come. To
1: <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'll just comment on like the commercials and stuff. <laughs> I'm good at that. All right. Well, come join us for Blogathon. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time.
0: Put on your shorts. Unzip your racket.